And welcome back to another podcast. And welcome back to another podcast. So normally when I do these podcasts, I have written a bunch of stuff that I want to say. It's sort of like some tangents to go on and then how to like segue back to here and wrap it all up nice in a bow and have it just looking shiny and fresh. Um, I have not had time to even write down a single word. So I'm just sitting in my bed and I'm just chatting into my phone and it's all very off the cuff, shall we say. So hopefully it's not going to be too, um, you know, what's that got to do with what she was talking about? Because that does happen a lot just in regular conversation with me. But anyway, I can usually try and bring it back around, but there might just be some awkward pauses while I have to go back and listen to what the point I was trying to make originally was, if you know what I mean. So... I did kind of have a thought about what this week's podcast would be about. I haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks because I've had school holidays and I've just been really busy and, you know, like when you have things you actually have to get done, then these sort of fun hobbies are just easily swept under the carpet. But I enjoy doing the podcast and some of you have been enjoying listening. <laughs> some, I say some very sparingly. I understand. That's fine. Um, so the thing I was going to talk about this week is, oh, I just have to Google what the word that I want to use is. Hold on. <laughs> it's going so well. Okay. Yes. So talk is cheap is kind of going to be the theme for this week's podcast. Um, because I've not recently, I guess I've always felt like I'm one of those people who, if I say I'm going to do something, then I do it and I make a real point about, oh shit, I've said I'm going to do it. Now I have to commit. Whereas, you know, I find it really annoying when people don't do that and they do say they're going to do something and then they don't do it. And I think these days because of so much social media, it's even easier to be like, I'm going to do this. And then everybody says, wow, you're an amazing human being. And you go, yeah, I am. I'm awesome. And then you don't actually do what you're going to say. Case in point was me in this podcast. I told someone I was going to do the podcast. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. And my first thought was, um, fuck you. That is so insulting. Because really in my life, I just have a pattern of saying I'm going to do something and I always follow through. I can definitely understand if I might have been a flaky person to have that sort of snarky attitude. Um, but I really just think that I commit. I go all in. If I've said it, especially if I've said it out loud, um, some days I can talk myself out of things that I've said in my head. But if I've said it out loud, then I 100% commit and I just go hell for leather until it's done and fabulous and in your face. Um, I... I, I have been musing this week when I was toying about doing this as a podcast episode and wondering if it was because of my religious upbringing. I was christened a Catholic. We're not like huge religious people, as in we go to church on Christmas and if someone in the family is baptizing their kid or getting married, and that's about it. Um, but I went to Catholic high school from, you know, year one to year 12. Um and I definitely have hold true to some of the Catholic values and principles and that sort of thing. Um, 
But one of the Catholic sacraments is it a sacrament? Shit, see, I don't even know. I shouldn't be talking about stuff that I don't know, know about, but we'll just keep going and, you know, just forgive me. It would be very, like, religious and spiritual of you. Please forgive me. So one of the things is called Lent, and that's um, 40 days and 40 nights of not doing something or not eating something or you're basically just giving something up for 40 days and then on the last day well the next day is Easter Sunday and then you can eat all your chocolate and you can do all the things you want to do so as a kid we were always encouraged like give up chocolate give up sweets that sort of thing and then you know, so in year two, I'm like, yes, I'm not going to eat any sweets. And then like, you know, four hours later, I'm eating a minty in the back seat of the car. As you get older, you kind of take it a bit more seriously. But then I even realized as I got even older again, I took it a bit more seriously. But I was very much like, I'm going to give up chocolate cake for Lent, which obviously meant then I could be eating your Fredo frogs all Lent. Then I could be eating chocolate ice cream all Lent. It was just that one thing specifically chocolate cake that I would give up which seems like such an arsehole thing to do now um and even in my 20s it would be like okay I'm giving up alcohol for Lent and I did I used to give up alcohol all the time for all of Lent and then as I got a bit older it was like I think I'll give up beer for Lent and I'll just you know drink rum and cokes every night instead (laughs) um so and I think that that has really ingrained this sense of like, talk is cheap, you got to walk your walk. And if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. And it doesn't matter like what brackets or, you know, things that you put around, like limitations you put around what you're going to do. But if you say something, just commit to it. So I find now as an adult, and I'm 36, 36 I find it infuriating when somebody says they're going to do something and they don't and I have a history of saying that I'm going to do things um I recently found an old copy of my resume that I wrote in year 12 or probably like year 11 um in social studies or whatever that class was called and the cover page said in like some shitty font as well because it was in 1999 when there was not a lot of font choice and also I was such a basic bitch and the cover letter just had a little paragraph that said like the got my objectives for my life like oh god Jess you're so insightful um one of them was to work in a child care center one of them was to travel and one of them was to nanny and guess what I did all those three things so for like me as a 16 year old to be making these goals I've already ticked them off I have in fact ticked them off at least 10 years ago so I wasn't really like I guess thinking toward the future when I was in year 11 I probably thought that maybe I would be a teacher um and when I was in year 12 I was offered a traineeship which meant instead of going to school on Wednesdays I went and worked in a childcare centre um for a year and then instead of doing like higher education as in like university which was definitely not up my alley I'm not a higher learning person I loved school I mean I loved the social aspect of school I loved lunchtime I loved sitting around waiting for the bus in the morning to go to school I just once I was in the classroom it was just 
things kind of, you know, wasn't great. But I did love homeroom, so that's in the classroom. Um, but I have the best memories of school. I just don't ever remember anything that I learned inside a classroom. Like, no offence, teachers. It was quite forgettable. <laughs> um, I digress and I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, so I would go on Wednesdays to a Sharky Centre and then for a year after school I would go and work, you know, three like just part-time at the childcare centre and then eventually when I was 17 I became a childcare assistant which is quite young to be like that is a proper qualification and that was quite young that I got to have that and it already meant that I was earning like the same as the 40 year old lady who worked at the childcare centre rather than just like the person who's going to sweep up all the vomit and change all the yucky nappies. I had like a proper job and I was in the workforce. Um, so that kind of gave me a good then leverage to be like, okay, so what is next for me? So this comes in, I guess, another thing. When, my, when I was in year 12, my dad had been made redundant and he spent that money on our family traveling and him and mum went overseas for a month and did like some old person Kentucky tour. And then me and my brothers came over and we did like London and Ireland and what's that other one? Wales. And then did Scotland. And like, this was the highlight of my trip. And it seems so weird because it was such like a non thing and this person would have no idea. But we met a girl who was from Brisbane and I think she was like 22 years old and she was living and working in Edinburgh. And I was just like gobsmacked because I did not know that that was an option in life. I did not know that you could be 20 years old and like leave Brisbane. This was in 1999. So I didn't like these days, I know at least seven people living overseas in London right now. That's not even including the rest of the world um but back in 1999 it wasn't that of much of a common thing or maybe it was and I was just didn't associate with people like that because I was in high school and my parents only you know we didn't have anyone like that around us because my parents were parents of teenagers in high school so upon coming back to Brisbane that was kind of my next big thing is I said look let's just get this stupid childcare thing <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Let's just get this childcare qualification and then I'm going overseas. Um, so in year 12, asked around a bunch of kids, like, sorry, not kids, like, not colleagues. What are they called? Like fellow classmates? Whatever, friends. <laughs> I couldn't even think what they were called. My friends. Oh, God. Um, and a bunch of us had decided we would travel together and we would all go overseas together. And I'm gonna say it was even like six people, a couple of girls, a couple of guys, all on board, yes, keen, lock it in, let's go overseas next year. And then over the course of the year, year, one by one, everybody pulled out. And I think I was like weeks away from booking my ticket even, and the last guy rang and he was just like, oh, I just, my dad wants me to help him out with his business, and it's just not a great time, but if you like wanna wait for six months, and then we'll go in six months. And I was just like, pump the brakes on that because I'm not waiting for anybody. I am going overseas. And so for me, I, I, it just kind of blows my mind because 
six months prior to this, I didn't even know that you could go overseas by yourself. And like next minute, I'm like, get a ticket, get me on the plane. I'm going overseas by myself. It just kind of blows my mind. Even that like my parents were like, yes, this seems like a really reasonable and good idea for you, Jess. Like, I'm so glad that they did. And it just shows to like, goes to show what kind of faith that my parents had in me. And it was a time of my life and it just absolutely changed and made my life. Um, but I just can't believe that it even happened. Like, I'm still in shock that my parents were like, yes, go and do that. And I even remember walking down um, Brisbane into the customs area and I had to, like, fill out your little boarding card thing. And I looked up at my parents and I was like, which way do I go? As in, I didn't know how to go through the ticket line. And my dad just looked at my mum and he just said, fuck, she can't even get out of the airport. Like... That must have been a nightmare for my parents because then I had to go to London, get the tube, figure out all that stuff. Oh, my God, I still have no idea how I did it. It just blows my mind that, um, yeah, I was able to do that. But so that's another thing. So I had a lot of friends who were saying, like, don't go overseas now, wait, wait, wait. And I was like, no, because when you say you're going to do something, you just have to commit to it and you do it. Cause I feel like you owe yourself that. Like if I had have waited for six months, I probably never would have gone overseas. And that would have been stupid because that was my goal. That was something that I had worked really hard for at the time before I left, I had three jobs. I was working at Mick cafe from like five o'clock in the morning until you know, nine o'clock in the morning. Then I would go to the childcare center and I would work there from 10 o'clock until like three o'clock. And then I would drive over to Wollongabba and I would work in a pub from six o'clock until, well, I used to whinge a lot. And so they let me go home early pretty much every night. So I was probably only there from like six until nine. Um, and I just had worked really hard for it. And I was like, I don't need anybody else in my life. I'm going to go and just travel. I found a job online, had a job upon my arrival, got there straight off from Heathrow Airport to my new job. Didn't know anybody in London at all. I had met up with my cousin's roommate <laughs> on the airplane out of Brisbane and we sort of became friends, which is we're still really good friends now and I really needed that relationship but I didn't know her I didn't know anybody I was a 17 year old who officially lived in London and I feel like that is one of the biggest challenges it's definitely one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life um and I really grew up a lot from that and I really that solidified to me that if you say you're going to do something you owe it to yourself to commit to do it um, and yeah, so something that I have been pondering about lately, and I'm going to say it out loud and I have to commit to it once I say it out loud, <laughs> is becoming a vegetarian. Bet you didn't see that coming. Um, I am really inspired by Greta and I really just love the idea that one person makes one change and the knock-on effect of that is like humongous so I was doing sort of a lot of reading about like oh it's all good and well to stand in a street with a placard and be like we want change we want change and like yes I've done rallies before 
um, and that sort of thing. But I just feel like you got to commit. You can't just say we want change and we want everybody else in the world to change and we want you to do this and we want you to do that if you're not going to do something by yourself to change. So I was Googling different things and there's lots of, oh my gosh, there's so many things you can do. Um, but for what I gather, something as simple as giving up meat, it just seems like the easiest way to kind of not fuck up the world um, just by changing my diet, which is not that hard to do. I'm going to miss meat, okay? I really love meat. I've particularly spent the last couple of weeks doing a farewell tour of meat. Um, you know, delicious bacon, yum, some chicken breast, ooh, delicious. Um, but I should say that I, I kind of am, have always been a fussy meat eater anyway. So it's not like, you know, I'm always just like chewing on lamb chop bones or something. Um, I'm really fussy about meat. I'm really fussy about different cuts of meat and types of meat. Like I'd never eat a chicken thigh, like ugh, yuck. Or I'd never eat like, I don't know, some kind of like lamb sausage. Like, no, I just need things to be the meat how they are like chicken breast yes chicken sausage no um like lamb chop yes lamb mince no do you know what i mean um and often when i would go traveling i would decide to become vegetarian anyway just to because who knows what happens in kitchens in foreign countries and i'm just such a snob and as i said i don't like funny cuts of meat so yeah um, I remember traveling through Morocco when I was 23, I want to say 23. Um, I actually didn't think I was going to Morocco when the trip was planned and booked and actually only realized I was going to Morocco when I went to buy a Lonely Planet book and I pulled out the book from where I thought I was going to which was of course Monaco and went, that doesn't, that doesn't look right. That's not what the ticket said. <laughs> and then was like, text my friend, hey, those tickets you bought, I thought we were going to Monaco. And she says, no, we're going to Morocco, Jess, and that's in Africa. <laughs> Quite the opposite of Monaco, don't you think? <laughs> and is it even called Monaco? Is it called Monaco? <laughs> Who knows? I haven't been there. I can't tell you. Actually, I think I have been there. But I'm not even too sure. I think I went there in Kentucky. Is that a stop on Kentucky? Who knows? If it was, then I did. If it wasn't, then I didn't. Um, so I ended up in Africa. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> I should say that I also was not the only person who was travelling. There was about six of us who went. And I was not the only person who was telling people that I was going to a country that I wasn't going to because my good friend Ellie was telling people she was going to Morocco. <laughs> Guys, it was like the world's best trip, just FYI. <laughs> anyway, I decided to give up meat just because funny cuts of meat, who knows what's going on in kitchens. <laughs> Yuck. Um, and yeah gave up meat. Everybody else 
that was fine. My, I was traveling with my brother, so he knew that, like, I was annoying when it came to food. Traveling with my roommate, she knew I was annoying. Other people who I'd grown up with, everyone knows I'm annoying. It's fine. There was only one person on our trip who we didn't know, um, and she, like, shouldn't have been on the trip for starters. But anyway, it caused her a lot of offense that I was traveling around Morocco, only living on, um, what's that kind of pizza? Margarita pizza. So everywhere we went, I'd just get margarita pizza because it was so yum. Um, with like the delicious flatbreads and like a bit of cheese and a bit of tomato. And it was just all I would eat. And it was either that or Pringles. And like, I think we're in Morocco. I'm going to stay for like at least a week. And I just go out for dinner. Everyone's eating these like gorgeous tangines and, um, just, you know, they're all eating with their hands and like beautiful dukas and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, boy, let's get a margarita pizza. Um, the only place where I did have an issue was when I, and it was just coming up to when we were going home. So I was already starving and ready for something else and, you know, couldn't wait to go back. I was living in Ireland at the time. I was like, get me back to Ireland and make me some bacon and cabbage or something equally delicious and Irish. And I'd ordered a margarita pizza and it arrived and it came out and it had the world's longest hair grilled into the cheese. And I remember just looking at my brother with like tears in my eyes and he was just like, fuck, I wish that hair was in my food. Like, oh, what a cutie, because he'd rather eat the hair than have his sister who was, like, wasting away because by that point I'd probably even stopped eating the margarita pizzas. Because, I mean, look, there's only so many margarita pizzas you can eat. They are yum. Oh, yeah, they're yum. But seriously. So I was like, it's fine. I won't eat the pizza. Don't worry about it. Walked out of the restaurant on our way home and there was like a little chip vendor thing and I was like I'll just get some hot chips call it a day we're going home it's fine ordered some chips and the guy made like a little brown paper bag to put in and then he put like his hands that had been in his pocket when I saw him straight into the chips and straight into the little chip packet for me and I was like thank you walk 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 bin because I'm not going to eat, like, pocket hand. And, like, this is nothing to do with, um, you know, like, the cleanliness. This is pure to do with me. If I was walking down the street here and someone, and I ordered some chips and someone gave them to me in, like, a fistful of just disgustingness, I wouldn't eat them. You could be my best friend and you could, like, do you want some chips? And give me a handful of chips. And I'm like, thanks, mate. I can touch my own food. I just don't like people touching my food. So the point of this story is, is that I'm really fussy with food anyway. So cutting meat out is not going to be this like huge thing for me. Um, I think it will a little bit though, but it's not going to be, I'm not, you know, it just, I think it's just a bit different because I'm not giving it up because of the animal factor, which I mean, obviously, yes, of course, nobody wants to eat something that has a face, but I... It is more about the sustainability for me. And I think because of that, I think it's going to be harder. Whereas if I was like, oh, grossed out, then I could just be grossed out. But this is more just like, no, this is something that I'm choosing to do to make a difference in the future. And I don't even know whose future it's going to impact. I mean, definitely me choosing to become a vegetarian will impact my own future. And I definitely think it'll impact my children's future because they'll be seeing me. And like, 
they'll keep eating meat. The rest of the family are welcome to keep eating meat. Although in saying that, um, the last couple of nights, no one has eaten meat and no one has like complained. And when I say no one, I specifically mean my husband because I think he, I mean, he definitely will continue to eat meat. Um, but I just would have thought that there would have been a lot more like, another vegetarian meal but there hasn't been so that's kind of nice maybe he's just supporting me because he knows that I need him to get on board with it so that I can get on board with it and then once I'm like choo choo he can be like give me a steak um so yeah so this was just going to be a little podcast just to sort of say that that's what I'm going to be doing. So if you have any good like vegetarian recommends, actually the two other dangerous female girls are both vegetarians, which is kind of cool because now the three of us will be vegetarians, which is, I think, kind of cool. Um, so yeah, uh, another thing that I was thinking about when it's got to do with like, once you say it, then you have to commit is to do with my podcast in that next year I've decided to do I'm going to go like on a, not a grander scale, but I'm going to involve other people. So it's not just me sitting in my doona because it's quite hot today and I'm still still just sitting here in my doona. I'm starting to sweat a bit, I'll tell you. And I can't even turn the fan on because it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, but I've decided to splash out and get some like proper equipment. And next year, I'm going to use this I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give too much away but next year I'm going to be involving other people as in interviewing other people so that it's not just me here sitting in my room like waxing lyrical is that the saying which is like frothing myself and telling you all these stories from my past I would rather have some proper conversations with some people um so I have an idea it's kind of still just percolating a bit in my head Um, But as of definitely next year, maybe even into December, so that when my husband is on school holidays, I can crack out a couple of podcasts. Um, But yeah, I'll keep this going up until then. And that will still just be a work in progress. Um, If you don't know, I have, Katrina and I have decided to no longer do What's Good Brisbane, just because we were feeling like too guilty if we weren't posting because if you don't post and you don't get the engagement and all that kind of stuff and um we just decided that we were so busy anyway and we'd kind of done it we've been there done that and now it's time to move on to the next things that we're going to do so obviously I'm going to be focusing more on the podcast and this new idea that I have to like bring in different it's going to keep in I think with the theme of um social media and my Brisbane connections and all that kind of stuff anyway it's kind of just annoying if I'm just like talking about something that I'm going to do because that's annoying but the thing is now I've said it you know I'm gonna do it anyway I think that this is probably enough because I'm just like rabbiting on now um, but I hope you enjoyed this version of the podcast without the proper, like, you know, my written notes. It seems, I don't even know what I've said now, so I'm going to have to go back and listen to this. <laughs> 
just to make sure that I'm not like a total twit. Um, but yeah, anyway, oh, I still don't know how to end the podcast. So podcast finished. It's finished. It's finished. That's it. It's over. Bye. Ciao. Love yous. P.S. Love you. P.P.S.S. See yous. Finished. Bye. Hold on. I've got to log back into my phone. Uh, okay, now it's gone. Bye.